Jer, do you see what I'm holding in my hand right now? What are you doing with a Red Bull at 8 p.m. at night, you animal? Okay, don't worry. I'm putting it upside down. It is concealed and full. It's sealed and full, not concealed. <laughs> it's right. Said, it's right out in the open, Calvin. <laughs> so here's the deal, Jared. I got a four pack of Red Bull for when Kate and I drove to Florida and back over Christmas. Smart call. And there's and there is one left, and it ended up in our fridge, <laughs> and it sparked a massive marital debate because Kate wants to throw it out, and I'm like, no, let's keep it. Someone will drink it, and Kate's argument is, no one will drink it. And so it's what just do I gonna... do? <laughs> I'm not, no, like I'm. I have it on my. This is why it's on my desk here. I'm literally protecting it. This is <laughs> why. This is why I have it. It's in my pocket. Yeah, you are concealing it in your pants so that it it, <laughs> it can't be stolen and thrown out. I'm hiding it under a bushel right now, Jer. <laughs> There's one can of Vex grapefruit vodka drink that has literally been in our cupboard since our first apartment, and we always have it. And I love offering it to people, and it's just never been <laughs> never been used. Well, here's what's gonna happen, Jer. You and I are gonna get together with our like miscellaneous <laughs> one-off beverages and just go to town. I think in the hot tub. We take the Vex and the Red Bull and now we're talking about a good time if we mix those. That's actually an insanely good idea. <laughs> All right, let's have that adventure soon. Jer, what is up, my man? Another episode of the Open Road Podcast coming at you. And uh, Calvin, I'm excited that we have a guest today. Oh, we have a guest today. We have a guest today. Well, do we have a guest today? Ah, he hasn't messaged <laughs> me back. <laughs> so, so Calvin set the reminder, but that's okay. We'll see if they respond. And if we get one today, we do. And if we don't, we don't. This is live. Um, Jer, I got to tell you, I am feeling very good right now. Why? I... Like 20 minutes ago, just polished off a full turkey dinner. What? Yes. Sorry, it's the middle of March right now. What are you talking it's, about? No, no. Not only is it the middle of March, it's the middle of the week. So where do I did I get this turkey dinner? Here's what my guess would be. That there was a new baby or a death in the family or some other occasion that someone brought you a great meal. That's all I can think of that makes sense. That would be so right, but it's so wrong. That's your best oh guess. Gosh. It's such a good guess. No, Jer, this butcher in uh, in town, every Thursday night or Thursday evening, they do this uh, dinner for two special, and it's like $14, and like you don't really know what you're going to get, and it's always amazing. And uh, tonight, full turkey dinner. For $14? For $14. And to be honest, Jer, it's more than two people. Like, I get a full, full lunch out of it tomorrow. Wait, wait, wait. $14 for two people, not each? All in. It's all put together, and you go wow. and pick it up cold, and then you just bring it home and heat it up. Is this that butcher that has insanely expensive other stuff? Uh, no, this is a different butcher, obviously. So, yeah, like, I was Jer, say. like, a very healthy amount of food. I'm talking mashed potatoes. I'm talking... Um, Sweet potato mash, turnip mash, uh, green beans, gravy, cranberry sauce, lots of light meat, lots of dark meat. Uh, am I missing anything? Talk oh, about... A and uh, stuffing. Really good stuffing. What? It's so good. 
Talk about a culinary adventure. I know. So, Jared, here's what it got me thinking. The older I get in my manhood, becoming man. Yes. Food is absolutely the way to a man's heart and my heart. Like that Tell just me becomes, more. That becomes truer and truer with age. It, it, it's just so true. Wow. So your heart is full, your spirit is lifted, and you are in a good place right now is what I'm hearing. So here's what I'm saying. Like 10 years ago, someone brings in a batch of freshly baked cookies. Eh, that's cool. Like not a big deal. Now, flash forward to my life now, someone walks into wherever I am with a batch of freshly baked cookies. It's pretty unbelievable. I get, really? I get jazzed up by that. I like the almost... gift of food. I almost would think that when you're a teenager, you're more fired up about free food. No, man, because like teenager, like I feel like teenagers are so, they have that exploration factor of where they're like, oh, I just got my driver's license. I can drive to 7-Eleven, get a slushie and a bag of Miss Vicky's all by myself and just crush it all. Right. And that's what they find like satisfying. But now like when you get a little bit of quality food. And uh, and you get to share that with friends and family, and it's kind of like spontaneous. It's like, it's gold. Wow, wow. You know, it's very interesting because at our work, there's this area where there's a counter, and food always gets put there if it's like extra food from a client meeting or extra food from a session that was happening in the okay. building or yep. any extra food. And honestly, once it goes there, I can't even tell you it's it's gone before it even hits the counter. Like, oh, really? You might be right that adults just lose it over something nice to snack on, a little food coming into town from somebody else. I think Jared, like the mundane adult, goes bonkers for like surprise food, <laughs> right? Like like unexpected food drop offs. Like, whoa! That's it why like is... workplace birthday party cake. That's why everyone's going gaga. Cake and mold. Okay. Such a good point. I do not, I still am not there yet. I do not understand why we go gaga for that loser birthday cake. No, but yes, that, that's why, Jared. Just give it some time and you will get there. <laughs> I feel myself getting there. I agree. Those cakes always suck, but I'm now I'm like a bit of like a cake snob and you just, you feel it and you want it more. I guess, yeah. I, 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 I'm not there yet. There are certain things when they are out, I am fired up, but not everything. Okay. Well, so there's sometimes some weird coleslaws that someone puts out there. I'm like, why do you? Why did you do that? Uh, well, everyone's always got extra slaw. <laughs> slaw never gets finished. It's just a fact. You I want, just don't know why I made so much slaw. You want great slaw, Jer? That KFC and neon slaw. Yeah, that throw is some good out slaw. there. Oh my, that's good slaw. Speaking of KFC, here's a random fun fact. Did you know, and actually this relates to what you were talking about, you know how we have turkey dinner at Christmas? Yes. In Japan, they have KFC at Christmas. Is that, <laughs> like, everyone? How can they supply everyone. the whole country? <laughs> no, like, everyone. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, that's kind of interesting. It's become as ubiquitous as the Christmas dinner, because they don't really celebrate Christmas out there. But there is an amazing story about how this came to be. Like this and sounds like you read it on BuzzFeed or something. No, I, there's this cool podcast I listen to. Um, oh, what's it called? Something brand. 
Um, and anyway, it talks about all these interesting little brand stories. And it's it's this one episode about KFC in Japan and how it was like floundering. And then all of a sudden, this guy had a brilliant idea to somehow turn it into like the national um, the national Christmas dish. And it's a really fun story. Oh, the podcast That's... is called Household Name. Household Name. Household Name. That's very interesting. And even crazier to think about, Jer, like, is that guy still alive, Colonel Sanders? Uh, he, I don't think so. Is he, like, long dead? I think he's long dead. Okay. It would just be crazy, like, that guy, like, what humble beginnings in, like, the southern states starting a fried chicken. Now the whole country of Japan goes gaga for his restaurant food at Christmas? It's amazing. You can't even, you can't make that up. Like, he couldn't have dreamt that in his wildest dreams. No. The episode is called Kentucky Fried Christmas of Household Names, so go take a look at it. The other funny thing is as, like, this Christmas thing started happening in Japan, there was this weird clash of all things North American Christmas, and there was a lot of confusion about Colonel Sanders, Santa, and Jesus. (laughs) And so they were like... They tell this one story where it was basically like Santa hanging on a cross or or the equivalent. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, just, because just like this mashup of Christmas figures. <laughs> Too much going on. <laughs> so anyway, it's a really good episode. I'd rececommend you listening to it. And it's a fun podcast also. So, so. that's good food. Now, yeah. the other good food that is kind of the craze right now, Jer, is... Um, all of these, and I know you're into these, and that's these um, documentaries on Netflix. What are they called? Shoot, I just blanked on the name. Food Chef's Table. Chef's Table. Thank you. Yeah. So Chef's Table. Yeah, you know my thoughts on Chef's Table. I'm I'm torn. I don't buy you a love lot of everything about it. I absolutely do not love everything <laughs> about them. Um. So here's you take like you know, and they brag about having the most exquisite dish, and they make them with the most exquisite uh, ingredients. Yeah, big whoop. Here's what I say. Make me an incredible dish with crap ingredients. That's Ooh. a true chef. Yeah. and But here's actually the interesting thing that I've learned as I've started to cook a little bit more. Um, really, really good ingredients are important. And yet, if you look at what these chefs are making, let's say they're doing something with broccoli. And, you know, they do something cool with broccoli. I'm like, I can do that at home and get pretty close. Like, broccoli is just broccoli. Oh, yeah. There's not something magic about the broccoli they have on TV. So what are you saying? Like, you don't need the good ingredient? Yeah, like, I'm just saying good ingredients are part of the equation. But I'm also saying that the stuff that they're doing, like, home cooks can do, too, to an extent. Right. Like, you're not that far off of the spectrum. Like, you do have access to the bean sprouts. It's yes, just that theirs the- were hand-plucked in the mountains. Right, morning. and the other thing, like, imagine you're watching some baker and it looks like the best loaf that you've ever had. If you've had a good sourdough loaf from a small bakery in your little town, it's probably pretty close to that thing that you've seen. It's not like it's some mystical food stuff that you'll never, ever taste. I know. I don't understand why they want to play it up to be like that. I guess it's just good television. Um, But I think you're right. Uh, it doesn't... Now, I will... Yeah, I think actually we we actually did talk about this on like a long time ago. I was at a wedding and there was an imported cake from one of the uh, people who starred on an episode of Chef's Table. Did I tell you about that? Oh right, uh, a milk cake. Yeah, a milk bar cake. Milk bar, right? Isn't that just Toronto? And, no, it's New York. And so this wedding had milk bar cakes that they imported from NYC and. 
I it was really really good, and I think also there was some psychology involved that I thought it was even better because I had right. seen it on TV. That's very interesting. But okay, I was yeah. fired up. Yeah, but that's a great example. Take that. Okay, so what's so special about those cakes? They use like whole milk and white caster well, sugar. Well, see, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And this was very interesting probably because. Nothing. Because my mom was like, I don't know why everyone was freaking out about these cakes. Don't get me wrong. It was fine, but it was too sweet. And my Oma has made a better cake than that. <laughs> and that's, that's again, that, that, there you go. That's an unbiased opinion. That's probably the only actual, like, true evaluation of that cake. Right. Right. Which yeah. was so awesome, you know? Yeah. Like, my mom's like, so what's the big deal here? <laughs> <laughs> Catch me up here, Jer, because it ain't that good. <laughs> Like, it was cake. I get it. Cake. <laughs> so, anyway, I really appreciated that from her and having that conversation. And it kind of questioned what, like, was it actually that good or am I just whatever getting all hyped up? Yeah, exactly. Manufactured hype. So, like, just tell me straight up, how many selfies did you take with the cake? Um. Well, three. Okay. That's not bad. Three. Actually, no, one selfie, but then three angles of the cakes. Right. Okay. So a selfie with me and Katie and a slice, and then I took pictures of the each individual cakes and then one of all of them together. And then a pano of the cake. A pano of the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ever done anything with the panoramic photo? Like, I have. Other than attempted to show someone on your phone, and it never works. So, Calvin, you know that photo of that crazy storm in Mexico I posted on our Instagram this week? Storm? Yeah. On our mm. open road Insta? You might have to remind me. Uh, it looks something like this. Okay, yep. Uh, that is a pano. Okay. So, it's, it's not an aggressive pano. You're but just it shrunken it down a bit. No, that was, that was how far I went with it. Wait, so you don't have to go all the way in a loop to do a pano? You can stop it wherever you want, Calvin. <laughs> well, what's the point of that? The whole point well, of the panoramic is to be able to be at the one end of the shot and then run around and go in to be in the other end. No, there's there's not one purpose for a pano. How can you limit creativity like that, Calvin? Come on. I'm saying that's why it was invented. <laughs> it's literally so you can be on both ends of the photo. What else would it be for? Okay, Jared. Speaking of being on both ends of the photo, you gave me a call this week and said, I am hurting. I need to Ooh. get out there and stick my teeth into something right now. So we had some brainstorm sesh and came up with a few ideas. Yeah, because we need to go on a little adventure. And this podcast is about adventure in the everyday. But there's got to be a few anchor adventures in every year to help the little mundane everyday adventures, you know, have, right. you have something to look forward to. Right. I like I went, um, I went snowboarding this week. That was great. Perfect little weeknight adventure. It was awesome. It was great to get out on the slopes, but I still need something that I'm looking forward to it in in the future. My thing that I'm into right now, Jer, like or what I what I'm kind of like a little bit daydreaming about is the um, how exciting the quick turnaround adventures are. And when I think back, like you and I have done a couple of those where like yeah. we've gone and done something and just like rammed through it, and then like all of a sudden like. Not even like 48 hours later, we're just like back in our normal lives. Yes. And it's like, whoa, I was just here and now I'm back here. And that was a lot of fun. And almost like you do so many things in so little time that you like almost it lasts like the whole week because you're like um, reviewing it almost or coming down off of it and, and just chewing on it all. It's very interesting. 
And I love that when you go on a little adventure like that, you you truly do almost step outside of your normal self, and it reminds you of who you are and what you're capable of, mm-hmm. which I love. So my idea was that you and me and our friend Steve, who is currently collecting hours for his pilot's license, hop in his little Cessna 172, fly up to uh, Polar Bear National Park, see a polar bear, maybe slap it, and then just hightail it home. I could not think of a cooler adventure than that. I know. I would really, I mean, animal guy now, right, Jared? I'm now an animal guy. So like, I would like to see a polar bear. Not just on a Pepsi commercial. And you don't want to see a prehistoric polar bear. You want to see a now, in the now polar bear. Right, right. I think it'll be a little bit disappointing. Like, it'll be kind of all skinny and shriveled up when you That's see how, it. Is that what you think? <laughs> That's kind of what I think the reality of polar bears are. Like, they're not these luscious creatures you see on the, you know, frolicking around the, the snow no, I think the ones in the park, though, they are big and fat because they eat garbage. Oh, yeah. They're just like normal bears. Right. But I don't know. But so so what is the what is the percent chance that we can make this happen? I don't know yet, Jer. Um, we kind of have to act sooner than later on it because of our pilot. Um, oh, I thought you were about to say because the polar ice caps are melting. <laughs> <laughs> and also, <laughs> they may all be gone. <laughs> but... Here's the thing, Jared. What do the polar bears do in the summer? They just go north, buddy. Well, where, they're already north. No, they keep going all the way to the pole where you it's think freezing they cold. They have a party there, just like the birds who go south have party in Florida. They go north and party at the North Pole on an ice flow. Isn't that weird that they like have to be cold? Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you just yeah. <laughs> like? Why do you have to be cold? <laughs> Also, isn't we we need to take a moment to also last week you talked about um, education and educating our you know our young ones about dinosaurs too early how it's yeah. like a little bit of a it's a little bit dumb. I also think we really mislead the younger generation of children when we say the North Pole because it makes you think there's a landmass up there and it's not. It's just water. There is no North Pole. It's just ice. There's this no land. A- Okay, this is interesting. The South Pole is a landmass, but the North Pole is not. Well, where's the pole? That's what I'm telling you is everyone thinks there's a pole. There's no pole up there. It's actually just a buoy. It's a buoy. That's it. Dang it. It should be called the North Buoy. The North Buoy. Is this a flat earth thing? Like, are you working toward that (laughs) argument? Is this where we're actually, is this the underlying conversation? It's like, yeah, but we, we're going to get there in a year. We're going to take our listeners on a year-long journey, and by the end of it, we're, we'll all be flat, flat earthers. <laughs> Jared, I think I've already voiced this to some people in my life, but like, it would not take a whole lot for me to be pretty sold out on flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there and yet. you wanted to have them on this podcast. Yeah, Jared, I wanted a lot of things for this podcast in the past. <laughs> but, but what? You make it sound like I've quashed every good idea you've ever had. No, just that I I want to do things that are of interest to me at the time, and that was and yes. still is sort of of interest. Jared, I also had on a uh, tripper, or what are they called? A trekker? A prepper. A prepper. prepper. Dang it. Prepper. So that's interesting. Which still goes down as one of the most um, 
interesting and uh, I'm not going to say shocking, but surprising is the right word. One of the most surprising conversations we've had on this show. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Right. Like it just I didn't know how to respond to that guy in so many ways. I didn't realize what it was when I signed (laughs) up for that. I now know what it is. It goes very deep. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. It's a big deal to call yourself a prepper. Like you don't just go about doing that. No, Jer. These guys are active. Speaking of which, the polar ice caps melting, preppers, you know, being prepared. Do you have your bug out bag ready yet? Oh, that's very true. We talked about the bug out bag thing. That was a big deal. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what I had. I mean, well, I'm going to just go over with you what is in my car right now. Yeah, I do. But just for the listener, if you didn't listen to that episode, a bug out bag is a bag that's ready in your garage. It's got survival gear in it. If you need to leave in a moment's notice, you grab it and go. Okay, what's in your car? Literally, what is in my car, Jer, is uh, my golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I am prepared to hit the links at any time. Uh, that's not bad for, for zombie apocalyptic apocalypse as well. Be daring enough to extend the invite. I am there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Also, here's a question. If it was, if you needed to use a golf bag as a bug out bag, how many zombies do you think you could fight off at any one given time just with the clubs? So like all, you, I, all it, I have is the contents of the bag. Yeah, and now there's a, a certain number of zombies coming at you. So I start off like What's, I just whip a Coors Light at its head, which okay, is like so right off the w- bat. So you think you can take one with that? How one many more that. do you then take? Well, then I have the irons, which would be my go-to, right? Right. Which I don't even but know how many like, there are. Is it like four, though? Four of them coming at you? You could take them all out? I don't know. That's an insane. Four human men? Yeah, they're all coming at you. How many could you handle with just the clubs? I don't know, dude. Like probably four, I guess. Okay, four is but yeah. four is about maxing it out. Yeah. I think that's pretty. That's pretty accurate. I think I would honestly, Jerry, use the bag as well, a bit I mean, of like a can... like a battering ram. Yeah, you can use whatever you want. I'm just <laughs> right. saying that's what you got and how many are coming at you and you'd survive. Yeah, you said four. Yeah, like I would survive, but for um, probably let's be real, like three and a half minutes. Like it's right. not going to be long. Come on, I'm not right. a big guy. And I'm not right, even like right. I'm not good at golf is the other thing. That's true. It's like what do you expect? Yeah. Well, you know what's in my car now? Uh did you put the sub in? I sure did. <laughs> Great. How many zombies could that ward off? You are so dancing? predictable. Like I you never stump <laughs> like you never like uh trip me up. Rarely if ever. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's very bad. It's not that bad. So tell me, like, how 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 does that all sound? I, I'm really eager to hear it. Calvin, I just brought my car from a 2007 to a 2015. I don't need to do anything more to that car, and I am so happy. If only if it it was worth the dollar value of a 2015. I know, but that I don't care about that <laughs> because actually it is. Because get this principle. And oh, here I don't we go. Know if I've talked about this before. But if if I had to replace my car right now, I would be getting something newer that would probably be between ten and fifteen thousand dollars. And therefore, every day I drive my car, it's an extra ten or fifteen grand in my pocket. So it is worth that. You can't afford not to. I can't afford not to. Anyways, the screen has Apple CarPlay on it. That's your, amazing. Your car probably doesn't even have CarPlay. CarPlay, Jared. I use a uh, auxiliary cord attached to a plastic tape deck that I put into the real tape deck. I'm talking about your SUV, not your piece of crap. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, CarPlay, I don't even know what CarPlay is. Like yeah, our, exactly. Our car has st- Bluetooth. 
Yeah, it's better than Bluetooth is what I'm telling you. It's the Apple iPhone screen on your screen in your car. It's just Well, I have a it's Pixel. It's just amazing. Yeah, you could have Google Google Play. Okay. Well, Google Play is not fantastic. <laughs> if I get on anyway, Spotify. So I'm, I'm really fired up about it. It sounds great. There's this little bass control knob so I can keep all my settings the same and then I can just crank the subwoofer or turn it down. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. And it's really nice to just have that at your fingertips, and I have it just right at the side here. So it is more bass than you could ever want, which is exactly what I want because sometimes I want a lot of bass, other times I want none. But I don't want to be limited. Have you um, displayed all this to your scout followers in the neighborhood? Uh, what do you mean by that? Um, you're you are the scout master. They are the scout. Um, <laughs> whatever. You're. Yeah, they. Yeah, they've 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 tasted and seen. They've they heard have, it, and they're fired up. Oh, obviously. Yeah, that's so good. And the one the one leader of the pack, Jack, he uh, told me about this this tuner company that makes amazing shift knobs, and I got one of those shift knobs, and it's Come like on. the classic classic Volkswagen golf ball knob, and it it so it makes me so happy. I have a sweet shift knob, amazing screen, sub pumping. I am like in dreamland when it comes to my car. That's amazing. Wow, so happy for you. So I have an adventure every day in that thing, dude. Right. I mean, on the flip side, I also have an adventure every day in my car, and that is just to stay alive. Just to stay alive, just to get to work. Just to get there. But I, uh, I've i always been a pretty big welcomer of like car breakdowns. It doesn't phase me too much. Like I no, just kind and of, it's part of the, it's part of it. It's part of life. It's, it's part, part of, of life. Everything. I never get like too too bummed out about that. It's kind of fun figuring it out, I guess. Okay, so we we started this conversation by talking about adventures that we're looking forward to, and we got so off track after you talked about a little trip to Polar Bear National Park. Yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was my idea. Now we're gonna hear your idea. Um, so my idea is our May long weekend RV trip to Quebec. Yes. So that's one that we're doing with a bunch of buddies, and it's now time to start thinking about it because it's March, and that's only a couple months out. So we need to get people booking off in the calendars. Getting ready to go, starting to make some preparations, starting to make some plans, you know? What I was actually thinking about that, Jared, because there's a lot of people involved. And yeah. um, you know how you and Katie have that little tow-behind tent trailer? Yep. Can the RV pull that? I think it could. Like, we'd have to take that flat rack out, and then there's a good trailer hitch. So we just need to put a two-inch ball in. Is that it? Like, what's the, probably what's the trailer could. hookup? I think we could do it. How awesome would that be? Sleep an extra six bodies. Oh, I know. And I don't imagine that thing weighs a whole lot. Well, what what would the weight be a problem for? Fuel mileage? We don't care about fuel mileage anyway. No, just, I mean, like, strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Strain 12 bodies <laughs> and a trailer. <laughs> we might just want a second vehicle, maybe. Yeah, but, like, how hilarious would that be with the tent trailer behind I wonder if it would be really noticeably slower. Oh, I don't think it would be slower. Like, it just would be like, we feel, if going up that hill on 118, we kind of feel it, right? Like, you can't, like, hammer down, you decelerate going up. You cannot yeah. accelerate. So, no. I feel like with a trailer added on to that, in that situation, it might be pretty tough. But that would just make me so happy to tow something with the RV. I mean, it, it like towing anything just is awesome. I mean, the best thing to tow would be that hilarious like jet ski. 
It'd a be Sea-Doo. such a good look. Yes. So we either tow a Sea-Doo or the trailer. Right. And it would probably be cool to have a convoy. You got RV with Sea-Doo and then someone's cool SUV. We got to find something that's the right fit for the group and then the trailer. A cool SUV? Yeah, like something that fits the aesthetic of our vibe, you know? Yeah, okay. But anyone's normal SUV is fine too, obviously. Yeah, like anyone who's willing to donate their SUV would also be great. Yeah, yeah. So that's a trip that we're kind of getting fired up for. And then Calvin and I were also talking about a couple other things. Um, A potential camping trip, again, with that trailer. And you said you have access to a sweet rig? Yes, so I have access to like a, a really like proper... I guess it's like a tow behind okay. trailer, like it's a hard trailer, but it has um, has like a really nice bed. It has air conditioning, a TV, kitchenette, fridge, microwave, like you name it. It's it's like shower, bathroom, so it's quite luxurious. Generator. It has a generator. It's like it's like tricked out, Jer. And so who is allowing you to take this stuff? We go out to Pittsburgh in November and you borrow a $4,000 generator that you want to strap to the back of it. Now someone's letting you use this trailer. How do you do it? Dude, I am a good steward of people's, uh, you know, things. Also, I can talk my way into it. And <laughs> that guy that loaned us the generator is the same guy that offered up this rig. Same guy. Same guy. So it will be the same generator. Oh, that is the generator that runs the thing. Yes. That's been removed from that when we took it to Pittsburgh. Get out. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, I was thinking like that would be so fun if my family and I do a little trip in that thing. And then I just thought like you can rent these campsites here that are like group campsites. And so yeah, it'd be yeah, so yeah. fun to get like a bunch of people all just hanging out, weekend camping. Yeah. And I think doing it with a nice trailer really is is fun, you know? Yeah, so like I'm, I've, I was like kind of indifferent, but the reality of it's like my wife's never been camping, and then I have the two year old, so it's like, eh, would we'll do well with some comforts of air conditioning. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. So and get yeah, to go so that's another camping. idea. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of fun, and then I'm yeah. So my idea to you was like bring the RV and whoever, and we'll just like have like a hub. And then, you know, because we have like a bathroom and a shower and everything, which is sweet. But then uh, the RV is just good for sleeping and hanging out in. So we have room for the RV, the trailer, and your trailer. So we're we're getting to be a pretty good-sized party here. That's what I'm saying. It could be really awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. Yeah, camping is great. Cooking meals in the outdoors, and it's all fun. It's all fun. Isn't that such a funny thing? Like, we've, like... Our whole goal as humans was to like progress. And then now the way that we find like we can relax and, and kick back is by going back. Step back. Yeah. By going back 500 yes. years. Yeah. We've done everything to shut out the elements and get max comfort at all times. And then just to feel alive, we got to do that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's totally weird. No, it's very weird, Jer. But that is where you find adventure, and that is why we talk about it. Because when you get in the RV, stuff happens. When you go camping, stuff happens. Stuff that is what memories are made of, you know what I'm saying? Finding adventure in the everyday. Jared, here's the thing. Sometimes life isn't about taking all these crazy trips, and you just have to kick back and look at your situation. And here's something I did yesterday. I was sitting in our office. I was feeling a little bit bored, and then um, I just 
listened in to another conversation on the phone and had just a very pleasant time of listening to our accountant talk to someone on the phone who was clearly Latino and had some sort of accent to our accountant immediately try his best broken Spanish on her for like no. several minutes. It was unbelievably entertaining, Jeremy. Wow, that would be that would have been a good little everyday adventure. It really was. Like it's just so entertaining. I feel like this accountant has provided more adventure at work for you than anyone combined. Yeah, no, more than you. More than way more than me. Than you in my life, 100%. Oh, way more. Yeah. No, it's very well, interesting. I think it's I think it's that easy, Calvin, for for everyone to get out there and find some adventure. You don't even have to go anywhere. It can be happen right under your nose, you know. So Jared got a message from our guest uh, who says he doesn't have Skype, so he can't connect with us right now. All right. Well, then let's wrap this episode up, and we'll get him on for next time. And we're lining up a couple others. And uh, Calvin, I was thinking we should just make Thursday nights our podcasting night and try to get try to get these going every week, and then hopefully we get at least two out a month. You know what I'm saying? Dude, Thursday nights are great for me. They're great for me too, and that's what we used to do back in the day. So I don't know whatever happened that we changed that. Okay. I'll talk to you later, Jared. Please keep thinking about the polar bear thing. Uh, if you have any other ideas, hit us up. Let us know. Um, we have access to a little plane and a pilot. So, like, I don't know how far, like, I don't know how many kilometers he can go in a day is my other question for him. Right. And come back in. Um, so, but I feel like it's pretty good. When I, when I threw out the idea of the polar bear thing, I think he wasn't, like, totally off put. So um, That's pretty good. And I think, I think it's going to keep do some... No, we got to keep pitching it to him. Um, one other thing that I wanted want to do is is before we leave, I just remembered. I love finding, like finding out that not random people, but like when there's a listener who I didn't know was a listener, and they're like a friend or a like friend who's like not a close friend, but someone that you're an yes. acquaintance with. Yes. I love finding out when those people listen to the podcast. It is super fun. Yeah, I I, I really do too. And so I got to give a solid shout out to our dog, Ryan Cully, who's been listening a lot lately. What does that mean? He's a been lot. listening and, and loving it and talking with other people about it. And I got to say, that came back to me and I was fired up. That's great. That's great to hear. I love hearing that. Right? So anyway, so for we, we keep looking at the numbers and there's actually a lot of people listening to this podcast, even with our shoddy scheduling. And so we just want to thank all of you for tuning in. Yeah. And get in touch. Tell us how we should find adventure. Like our photos, which you already do. And, you know, we like doing this. So thanks for being with us. All right. I will talk to you next week. Yep. Everyone, get out there and find yourself an everyday adventure.